0: Today's uh, Torah portion is of Tobah, and I recommend you read uh for tickets today. different from things I'm going to talk about, but very good stuff in there. And uh sometimes you hear the uh, you read the translation it's the E offering. Not really a good translation necessarily. We don't know where Eve offering comes from, however, um, it is really off that, that which is made it up, or that which is taken off a larger piece, but if you do see that word he both that's the what's being talked about here. Same thing. Truma. And I'm just really reading the first two verses today because there's lots of the details that go on in this in this section. I think the first two verses really set up the, the context for, for um, what's going on here. It's basically the introduction to this to this section where God has said, Look, speak to the children of Israel and tell them that, that, that to bring stuff. But specifically, God says. Speak to them, and hopefully they're going to desire or want to bring me an offering. That's the, the, the grammar of the language there. Um, they're going to want to do all that stuff freely, willingly, voluntarily, um, from their heart. And when, when we're talking about giving, I think many of us, uh, if you're in a, in a more church environment, you know, we're familiar with, the, the life saving, I call it, um, passage in Second Corinthians chapter 9 where it says that each of you should give just as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly under compulsion because God loves a sure cheerful giver. I we almost see that as a, you know, whew, let's get out of our hearts. You know, none of this regimented Old Testament 10% tithing kind of deal, right? It's out of our hearts, thank goodness, right? That's kind of where we, we go to Second Corinthians Now, But I, I think we see here that this has always been God's desire. This is not some New Testament thing, new covenant thing that we're to give out of the goodness of our heart. It's no longer a regimented, you know, you must bring the one of the grain and blah, 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 all these kind of things. But it's always been God's desire for people to give uh, willingly. Cheerful giving has nothing to do with um, how much you possess, how much you have at your disposal. You know, some of us, I think, think, you know, once I get a surplus of money or once I get a surplus of, surplus of time, then that's when I'll give. Um, it has nothing to do with that, okay? Not giving or being inconsistent in giving is really indicative of another issue. I think the issue that's is being talked about here at the beginning of this, of this short portion, and that is, it has to do with it's a matter of the heart. And so really what God is, is speaking about here in, in this verse of Exodus here at the beginning, and the first step that a lot of us you know, think about with regard, or need to think about with regard to giving, is not about a change of our financial picture, and it's not about a change of our super busy schedule once we retire, and I'll come to Bible study once I retire, these that and the other ones, and so forth. So it's not a matter of, of those things changing, But it's a matter of a change of our heart and a change of our thinking when it comes to giving. And that's a process. It doesn't come overnight. It's important for each of us to be praying and looking for ways in which we can give, though, because here's the the thing. um, Not giving is a loss for you. People have come to me before and said, well, you're not going to get this blessing, or if I come, well, I have to give. You get to give. It's actually a benefit to you it's not a loss for Yeshua own, for example, um, for someone not to give, quite frankly. But not, you know, not having a cheerful, joyful heart is, is the issue. Um, again, not giving is easy. But I would equate that with a, a spiritual uh, and physical loss to you and to the world around you. So we see as the parasha continues here, um, all the different ways that people give and all the things that they give and you can spend a lot of time uh, analyzing all of the the known things that are mentioned in the section of the threads and the wine and the oils, and then you can you can spend time wondering what all of the um, disputed material is here. You know, trying to figure out if there's any significance uh, in the type of jewels that are being discussed here, or the acacia wood, or, or you can you can just you can look for all this stuff, or you can just say, we we'll me just forget to figure out what a you know what a piece of Didpang whatever it is or some type of animal, some kind of badger you've never heard of, and just back up for a second and kind of look at the bigger picture. Some will say that you know, really, since there was no monetary currency at that time like we have today, uh, you know, money that all of the stuff that you read about here just really equates to money. It's their form of money, and we know the answer to that, right? It's yes and no. Um, yes, of course. It's what they had, but also, no, because look at the, one thing I want you to look at is the variety of the things there. You have everything from from gold to thread to spices, and there's a big variety even within that listed here. And the picture that I see is, when you look at that variety, one thing that I've determined is, you know what, there's no one single person, even the Jeff Bezos of the world, there's no one single person that has everything at their disposal every talent, every thing. There's not one person. There's a lot of variety there. So we see that the building of the tabernacle and the building of this community involves everybody. necessarily involved everybody. And it's the same with us. Don't think that because what you have maybe is on the less valuable end of the spectrum of stuff you read there, it's not the gold, maybe it's the thread or whatever, don't think that um, it's not needed. It's needed nonetheless, whether it's quote-unquote, valuable or not. Um, now, as you read these verses, if you had your Bible, you can open it to Exodus 25, where it starts there, because as you read these verses in chapters, something else really jumps out, I believe. Um, verses three, and, 3 to 7 talk about you know, all this stuff that everyone is to bring. And then in verse 8 is where it starts to say, after we all this stuff, it says, and have them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell on them. I mean, starting there in verse 8 of chapter 25, and then continuing to the end of Exodus, you see a word and an overall concept that gets repeated over and over again. If you were just to kind of skim your paragraphs, uh, you know, starting in verse 10. Now there a make, an archification word. and you go to 17. Then there to make, an atonement cover. Um, and then it says, uh, "You will make a table of a wood. You are to make a menorah of pure gold." And it's, it's just over and over again. You are to make. You are to make. You shall make. You shall do this with the yarn. You shall do that with the thread. You shall do this with the spices. You will do. You will make curtains. You shall make the ephod. You shall make the robe. You shall make the breastpiece. It's almost you're like how oh, do I don't see it? It's make, 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 over and over. Do, 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 over and over again. It's almost comical, I think, the number of times that you see that phrase. Repeated in a section, and here's the punchline for us: is that you know serving God involves everything. It involves giving, bringing. Obviously, we see that, and then using what you brought. In the sense, God wants you to get in there and turn the wrenches to work. And you know, some of us may be familiar with the phrase. You often hear missionaries. They'll say, "You know, if you can't go, you then send. You know, if you can't go, we can't go certain places, and we do. We send." We send money, we send people. If you can't go, then send others. And that is true. Again, we do the same here at Shotsyom. But the picture here in Exodus 25, the picture in the building of the tabernacle, the place where God is going to dwell with his people, all the way through the end of the book of of Exodus, is is anything but that idea of, if you cannot go, then send. It's anything but that. It's a lot of involvement with with you doing things. Um, and, And this is instructive for us, because this section of Scripture in Exodus is talking about giving in a way that mobilizes the community and sets them up for future fellowship with God and with each other. That's what's going on here. It's not that you're giving so that people are going to do something. You're giving so that I can meet with you. If you're going to do all this stuff. You're going to make this, and make that, and make the other, and you're going to do this, and you're going to prepare that, and so forth. So, and again, what I want to read here is, in very short, it's just kind of the intro to that, the idea that you know, speak to them and say, if you're willing, then Bring all this this stuff to me. And then you're gonna do you're going to it, you're gonna make you apart. So as you're praying about and this is kind of timely and that we're having our, our town hall business meetings day, one of the two we have annually typically. Um, as you're praying about your commitment to to the Lord and specifically through a community of faith, this community, you show us the only you're thinking and praying about the things that you're going to bring to the table, realize that it is it is a commitment of money, but it's more than just simply a commitment of money or time or tools. It's also a commitment of of that future ongoing participation that has to happen again for God to meet and for us to be meeting together.